Hello, and welcome to Midweek in the Word podcast, brought to you by Faith Bible in Lincoln, Nebraska. Every week, we strive to become better readers, hearers, and doers of God's Word. Look for us every Wednesday where you stream your podcasts. Here's our host, Faith Bible's Adult Ministries pastor, Brad Myers. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Midweek in the Word. We're so thankful you're joining us. We're so thankful you've tuned in uh, to this episode two of 2022, our second episode as we continue this 2022 year. In case you missed last week's episode, in case you didn't tune in uh, to that one, let me just remind you that this year we will be bringing in various teachers from our body. We'll be bringing in some guests from outside in the church uh, to briefly address each of the Old Testament books in a series we're calling bearing witness, taken from Christ's words in John 5.39, where Christ says that the Hebrew Scriptures or the Old Testament bear witness of Him. He says, you search the Scriptures thinking they have eternal life, but they speak to me. Um, So we're entitling this series as we move one book at a time through the Old Testament books, bearing witness, as we see Christ and as we study these books that we have here in the Old Testament. Each week, we'll take a look at a different Old Testament book. We'll ask, what's the occasion and situation of that book? How is that book organized? How should that book be read? What's the primary message of the book? Where do we see Christ testified about in that book? And then finally, what does God want me to understand, believe, do, or desire as a result? You know, last week, we covered the book of Genesis. This week, we're going to head into Exodus, but before we get into that discussion, uh, let me just welcome back our guest from last week, the same person that joined us, Chuck Myers, uh, an FBC deacon and adult teacher here at the church. If you missed the episode last week where he introduced himself a bit, uh, let me just encourage you to check that out, hear his story, hear his favorite verses. We won't be going back through all of that again, Uh, but we will be covering this next book that you taught on in our Old Testament survey class, Uh, but welcome back to the podcast, Chuck. Thank you. It's good to be back again. We're glad to have you. Apparently, the first episode went so well that we decided we'd do another one. There we go. Uh, in total, we'll have four of these, as you covered the first four books of the Old Testament and the first four books of the Pentateuch. Um, but listeners, before we get to Exodus and this next book in the Old Testament, let me just remind you, last week on Sunday, Tom covered Hebrews 7, 1 through 10, and he discussed the unique priestly ministry of Melchizedek. An interesting name. If you're finding yourself going, what is that talking about? We'd encourage you to go back and listen to Tom's message. You can always find those on our website, faithbiblelincoln.org, and just hit that sermons series button. You can find any of those old sermons, or you can search for our podcast sermons feed, which is just search for Faith Bible Church Lincoln, Nebraska on Spotify or iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. You can find that sermon series podcast. You can catch up on any old messages that you missed. You can understand who Melchizedek is, as Tom covered this in our last week here together as a church. Okay, now let's jump into our next Old Testament book. We're going to dive straight into this topic, the book of Exodus. Now, as we talked about last week, this is likely a familiar Old Testament, just like the book of Genesis, the first book of the Old Testament. Or at the very least, people have seen the movie with Charlton Heston standing, (laughs) parting the waters, and you have that image in their head. Um, At least they know a little bit about that and that part of the story. But we're going to proceed as if they haven't watched the movie. We're going to proceed as if they haven't read the book of Exodus in their own Bibles as we dive into this discussion. We're going to start with what is the occasion and situation of the book of Exodus? As we talked about with Genesis, um, this is a continuation on that theme. Uh, We have the people coming out of slavery. Uh, For the first time, they are a nation uh, Mm. with a couple million strong but they've, they've never been a people before they've, or a nation before. They've been slaves all their life. Yeah. Um, and so now they, the answer of, okay, who are we supposed to be? Uh, what are we supposed to do? 
What is God asking of us? Are the type of things that came up uh, with Genesis, but now with Exodus, we're going to get very specific as far as this is who you are to be uh, as as a nation. Hmm. And this theme obviously would have really resonated with the people of Israel. They are quite literally in the Exodus. As Moses is writing this book, they're waiting to enter the promised land. We'll move into that after the Pentateuch with the book of Joshua here in a few weeks on the podcast. But they've got this origin story that you explained for us last week, this idea of where did the world come from? How did God establish this? Where did sin come from? And then how was Israel established? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Esau, you know, Joseph and all of his brothers who brought them down to Egypt. Now they're exiting their exodus. They're on their exodus out of Egypt. And Moses is going to go back and tell that story for them. Okay, so as they tell this story, as we move from Genesis into Exodus, and, and Moses begins to lay out this story of how this people um, moved out of Egypt, which should have been a familiar story to this generation as they were receiving it. How does he go about telling the story? How does the book of Exodus organized? We have to, have to remember that really all of these books are in narrative form, um, and you know that's something important to keep in mind. Uh, when when we get to Exodus, we've got to keep in mind that that he's telling it as as a narrative, um, but. In, in with that is going to be all of, all of the civil basis for the mm. nation, as it were. So, you know, I think we have a tendency to look at Exodus and say, okay, well, it must basically be a book about the time uh, when they were coming out of, out of Egypt. And really, that is covered <laughs> fairly quickly, <laughs> <Very> quickly. <Yeah. laughs> in the book. Um, you know, and we have that fascinating stuff. But a majority of it is they are wandering in the wilderness on their way to the promised land, and they stop um, for, for God to, to speak to Moses and give him uh, the basis of, of who they're to be, mm. what they're to do, how they're to act, um, you know, all those type of things. And so as we get into the main part of, of the book... Uh, we're looking at the the foundation of the civil part uh, of the nation of Israel. So to break it down here just a bit for our listeners, to give you a sense for what um, Chuck is talking about here real briefly, at the Exodus, the act of, you know, we get the calling of, of Moses early on in the book of Exodus, his story, so we understand him a little bit more. We get the him coming to eat or to, to Pharaoh telling him to let let the people go. We get the ten plagues of Egypt. We get um, this then fleeing of the people of Israel, the parting of the waters, all of that that we think of in the book of Exodus. And that is all completed in the first 14 chapters of a 40-chapter book. Chapter 15 is the celebration song that Moses and the people sing, praising God on the other side. And we would think, well, that's where Exodus wraps up. To your point, the remaining 20, 25 chapters are really dedicated to this establishment. The people come to Mount Sinai, the law, and all of this goes on. So we really get kind of that pre, that, that, that story, that pre-establishment of this people kind of at, at Mount Sinai, the exodus as we think of it, and then we get the rest of the establishment of the people at Mount right. Sinai is really the rest of the story that right. we see in the book right. of Exodus. So in, in light of that, like we don't tend to be, we like, we like the story, 
right? We don't tend to like the later chapters and all of the laws and yeah, rules exactly. and, and covenants and all that language that gets very weighty. It's like, we're not lawyers. We don't want to go into all, all of that detail. Right. However, if that much of the weight of the book of Exodus is on that portion of the book rather than just the storytelling, not that the storytelling isn't important, then how should the book be read? How, sh- how should we approach this book of Exodus if that's the distribution and the weight given to it? Yeah, we're really diving into the deep into the pool, aren't we, with that? I mean, Exodus Listeners, is one of those. you can bail out on us here at this point if, if you're not interested in that discussion. But uh, yeah, that's really where we want to go. It's, it's fascinating that we have, yeah, literally chapter after chapter of God saying, okay, here, here is something that's going to come up uh, as far as your relationship with, with other people in the nation, mm. and here's how I expect you to, to respond to that. Um, and so, yeah, it can, it can be, you know, like reading a law book, I guess, would be, you know, I, I don't know that I've ever tried to read a, <laughs> a law book of, of, you know, the U.S. law. Yeah. Um, but I imagine that there would be a whole lot of those type of things, the specifics of what do you do when such and such a thing comes up. Mm. Um, and so the thing that I would really encourage is to go back and look at it and compare it uh, to our own to our own nation. Um, the the similarities are are fascinating in many ways mm-hmm. because a lot of uh, the ideas that we have for our own laws uh, come come from some of these ideas. Right. The Ten um, Commandments are obviously on most of our um, they're they're very prominent, you know, mm-hmm, in kind of the history, mm-hmm. and they're you'll find the Ten Commandments listed in a lot of legal spaces in the United States. Right, right, yeah. and and even you know a lot of the the basis for for some of our laws, go from those Ten Commandments and really expand on those, yeah, yeah. you know, into, okay, if we're to, to love our neighbor, uh, if we're not supposed to, to desire his wife, um, how, does, how does that play out? Yeah. Um, and a lot of those things that we find there are uh, at the very basis mm. of, of what we find in, in much of the world as mm-hmm. far as the basis for, for law yeah. that comes from this, this particular book. Now, does that make it less, quote-unquote, dry? Uh, I think there are some ways that we can, we can help with that. And that is if we can move from simply saying, okay, these were laws that they were supposed to follow, to asking the question, why was this important? You know, why was this a big deal? Uh, why would God have said what he did uh, about how we're to act toward one another? And if we begin to, to look at some of those type of things, then it's a little easier to say, you know, this is a fascinating subject here. Mm-hmm. God is really doing an incredible job, as only God could do, right? right, right. We shouldn't be surprised by that, but the things that he addresses that, that carry over even today yeah. about the way we should act toward one another uh, is really bound up in the second half of the book of Exodus. Mm. Mm. 
Okay, so in, in some ways what you're saying is the book of Exodus and the Pentateuch at large, we're going to talk about some of the other books in the first five books of the Old Testament, the Pentateuch, as we call it, uh, are similar maybe to like our constitution. What, what forms this nation? What constitutes this nation? In some ways, the Pentateuch functions in much that same way. Mm-hmm. Um, so the book of Exodus, we see God calling this people out of Egypt, um, saving them out of Egypt, and then constituting... Um, covenanting with them, creating this people, and saying, okay, in order to live as a people, you're going to have to act certain ways toward each other. You're going to have to have certain laws. You're going to have to address all of these issues. We get the Ten Commandments. We get laws about social justice and laws about slaves and laws about... And we're going to get some more of that as we get later in the Pentateuch as well. But we also then, very quickly, if, if people have read the book of Exodus, know that we also transition into a lot of discussion. A lot of time is spent on the tabernacle in the book of Exodus as well. Can you explain a little bit of that too? Yeah, it you know, it would be one thing to say well that was their church, um, but not quite that simple. It's <laughs> not quite that simple. Yeah, you know, it goes it goes really beyond that. It becomes the very core of what the nation would be. Uh, everything to to some extent revolved around the the tabernacle. Uh, but at its at its very basis, uh, it was the place where they were to to meet God. It was the place where they were to come to to find answers of what are they to do, when are they to do it, uh, how are they to do it. All those things were were wrapped up uh, in in a a whole system of their approach to God, uh, and the tabernacle was was right at the core of that, including you know. People from outside the nation. What do we do with them? How do they respond to our God? Mm. Um, and then to the very basis of, uh, as we talked about in in Genesis, this sin issue uh, that that was going to be a recurring thing. It addresses that as well, mm. um, and and the whole idea of what God was wanting them to do uh, as it related to to sin. Yeah. So we really do have, yeah, the, the very core of the life of, of the nation of Israel was bound up in the tabernacle, this fascinating precursor to the temple that we'll run into later when they do get into the yeah. promised land. Which is really related to the earlier theme of you know, this constituting, this creating of this people. Mm-hmm. The tabernacle was a central place for that worship. The, the, people, that, the people were created about, uh, around this God, Yahweh, that they had been introduced to, and the worship of him would be the central feature. We're going to see that again later in Numbers with some of the organization right, and things right. like that as well. Okay, but we also get in, as, as we begin to see how to read the laws, how to read this story, uh, we also get a really critical story toward the end of the book of Exodus. After all these laws, after God carries his people out and, and leads the way for them to leave Egypt, we get chapter 32 and the whole incident with the golden calf. Mm-hmm. And it feels like the, the, the book's not quite over yet, but the book is about to come to a thud here just a bit at the end. After all this that God has done, we get this golden calf incident while Moses right. is up on the mountain getting the law from God. What's the deal with that? You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's fascinating that in the Bible you have uh, something very different from what you find in other um, defenses of, of a country, you know, who we are as a people, what what we believe as a people. Uh, man, in, in the Bible, you have a very clear laying out of their failures, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, and we just don't see that otherwise. And and I think the 
the idea that we find there, and, you know, it happens on numerous occasions through Exodus, where the people say, you know, maybe this wasn't such a great idea after <laughs> right. all. Uh, the food was better back in Egypt. Yeah, was like... better. This manna stuff is is really not that that good. There's only so many ways you can you can fix it. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, they they really begin to struggle. And interestingly enough, uh, this this uh, idol becomes their their focus as they remove their eyes from God on top of the the mountain where he's meeting with Moses and they begin to say ah maybe he's not coming back maybe we need to look at something new yeah. and fascinatingly they turn to idolatry um, and I think that is something that we need to be mindful of yeah. how prone, we are to idolatry. We don't like to call it that today, um, but we really are at the very same place where we say, let's, let's put something else in place of God. Uh, let's, let's focus on this. And so they, they come up with this golden calf, and they say, you are our God. No, um, it just jumps out of the fire, remember? Oh, that's, that's right. <laughs> that's right, exactly. That. Yes, Aaron has nothing right to do with it. It just jumps like... out. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah, and... So, you know, we really see there uh, how, how difficult this idea of, of making a people uh, who worship and delight in God, how difficult it's going to be. Mm. <laughs> when things get a little bit difficult, uh, let's try something else. This is too hard. Mm. Uh, and so we really see that at, at the very core of kind, of kind of throughout Exodus, God saying, this is what you need to do, and they're tendency to say, no, we don't want to do it. We want to do our own thing. Uh, yeah. let's, let's try it this way. And it really kind of comes to a pinnacle, a culmination with, with the golden calf. Yeah, which, which really kind of brings us to our fourth question here, is we're reading it through the lens of understanding that God is creating this people. He's establishing this people. He's giving them the rules to live by. He's giving them the way their worship is going to work, things like that. We get this failure here at the end. What, what really is the primary message of Exodus? What is the message this book is trying to communicate to the original audience waiting to go into the promised land and also to us? We have to go back to that issue of sin that we talked about in Genesis. The Bible know, talks it, a lot about that pesky <laughs> issue it, of it sin. It really That's does, yeah. And boy, do we see it in Exodus. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. just, it just absolutely creeps into every chapter. And, and I think the, the way we need to read it is... Like I mentioned before, saying, okay, how prone am I to act like the Israelites did? How much of a tendency is there in my own life to say, this is too hard. I want to do something easier. Mm. Um, I want to do my own thing. I want to um, take an easier path. And in Exodus, we really see how much God desires uh, our devotion when it's not easy, mm. um, how, how much he is committed to making us who he wants us to be, even though he knows that it's going to, that we're going to fail over and over again, that it's going to be a difficult, <laughs> difficult job. Uh, and I, th- I think... 
with Exodus, we really can see that, that God, I'm, I'm dependent on you. Mm. Uh, I am so much like the Israelites. I want so much to do my own thing. Um, God, help me to keep my focus on the mountain. Help me to keep my focus on you rather than looking down at the things around me and mm. getting pulled away by those type of things. Well, yeah, I, it really is amazing God's long-suffering patience for the people oh, of Israel. We're going to see that throughout the Old Testament, um, and we are Israel. You know, we tend to think that we would do exactly. better given that get same situation. Um, but again, that's the, the finger is pointing just as much to us because our tendency is just the same as the people of Israel in the book of Exodus. Okay, now this may seem like a strange question to most people. Maybe they haven't thought about it as much, but where do we see Christ testified about in this book of Exodus? Ooh, man, that's, that's a, a fascinating thing because there is such a tendency to, to get stuck on the laws, mm-hmm. but yet Jesus Christ is at the very core of those. In the book of Exodus, we find picture after picture of, of who Jesus Christ was going to be. Uh, and and the need there was for Jesus Christ, uh, you know, things such as as Moses's response to what God asks him to do. Once he's he's to talk to the rock, then he's supposed to to strike the rock. You start looking at that, and and there's actually connections to the picture that God was attempting to to create about the person of Jesus Christ. Mm. And Moses screwed it up, and he got in big trouble mm. uh, for that. And we, we find that, you know, repeatedly. And so what I, what I think we find is that Jesus Christ is absolutely at the core of if we need forgiveness, we need a sacrifice. Mm. Um, and we need shedding of blood. That really comes out in Exodus. It's, it's kind of brought up in Genesis, and in Exodus we see this whole issue of the importance of perfect blood, of a sacrifice of eminent worth that can actually take the place of all of these things that they're attempting to do um, that they can't, they can't accomplish on their mm. own. Mm. And I can't hardly, <laughs> can't hardly sidetrack the fact that you're thinking the New Testament conversations that people are, you know, Christ is going to say, I am the bread of life. He's going to say, mm-hmm. I am the true and living water. And, and they're fighting over the bread. What is their sustaining? They're complaining about not having bread. They're complaining about not having water. Right. Um, where is the source of life? Where is the source of eternal security and hope? We get a very tangible illustration. People totally miss it like we mm-hmm. would. As well, but that idea of where where is the source of life, right? You know, man does not live by bread alone. That idea, and we see so many of those practical things uh, come up in the book of Exodus as well, that later on, Jesus ends up having discussions with the Pharisees about and things like that around some of those themes because yeah, they were familiar yeah. with this story. And, yeah, it goes, goes back to Exodus. <laughs> they knew this book. Fascinating. He, yeah, he knew, he knew the book of Exodus very well, yeah. and, he, and he used it. Yeah. Uh, to kind of pin the, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, to the wall. Yeah. Um, because they were, they were still trying to follow this whole system, you know, type thing. And, and Jesus uses this book itself to say you're missing it. <laughs> yeah. 
They got bogged down in all those law chapters and they forgot that that God saved them first. Exactly. (laughs) They missed the first 15 chapters. Right, Uh, right. Okay, lastly then, finally, again, we can't wrap up the book of Exodus without taking a little bit of time and slowing down and saying, okay, so then what does God want me to do? Like, what what is the application? What am I supposed to desire, believe, do as a result of reading this book of Exodus personally? I'd really, you know, as we kind of talked about already, um, look for the person of Jesus Christ as you read Exodus. Mm. Uh, man, one of, the, one of the best ways that you can keep from getting um, into the mindset, oh, it's so dry, it's a bunch of laws, uh, look for how, how do we see Jesus Christ in, in those chapters um, how do we see Jesus Christ answering the need that they had then? Um, and, and we do, like we've talked about already. Uh, we see that Jesus Christ was saying, I'm, I'm the answers to these things that you are struggling with. So I think if we look for um, the, the person of Jesus Christ in Exodus, we'll see it much more than we will expect. Mm. And I think that's the thing that a lot of times people struggle with is they get into this and they lose sight of the the person of Christ that is seen through uh, the the laws, through the the struggles, through the the responses uh, to the people when they fail. Mm. Uh, and I think that will help us immensely to say what is where do I see a picture of Jesus Christ in this? Um, and and what does Jesus Christ what are some of those things that I've heard him talking about that actually address Exodus and those mm. things that we find there? Mm. Very good. Very good. Well, listeners, that is basically it for the book of Exodus. Be reminded, let me summarize some of what we saw there. Uh, again, similar to Genesis, book written from Moses to the people of Israel before they enter the promised land, this creating of a people, the book where we see the first few chapters dedicated to the exodus, the people actually leaving. How does God call this people? How does he call Moses? Then how does he call this people? How does he save them out of Egypt? Then this constituting of the people through laws related to how they'll function as a society, how they'll worship God with the tabernacle, and immediately their failure to live up to those laws and God's incredible faithfulness to them. God constitutes this people in many ways in the book of Exodus through covenant and law and some of those themes that we see throughout the Old Testament, this primary message of God's long-suffering patience. His desire to be people's primary focus mm-hmm. um, is really an important application for us as we think about the own, uh, our own heart's tendency to create idols, our own heart's tendency to look to other things than God in difficult times and circumstances. We see a lot of things that anticipate and look forward to the perfect one that would come, that come when Christ comes, uh, yet future. We've talked about some of those themes as we go through. Uh, that's basically the book of Exodus. It gets us out of Egypt. It gets this people out of Egypt. It gets this people created as a people, and it gets them set up for the book of Numbers in many ways. Any final thoughts or encouragement for our listeners from this book, Dad? I think, I think we need to be encouraged uh, by the fact that, that God was willing to take the time to let the people of Israel know what was expected of them. They weren't surprised. They weren't um, in a situation where they could say, I didn't know God expected that of me. Uh, and I think that's true of us. We, we, can, we can rest assured that God has set out what he desires of us. 
And then it becomes a matter of are we going, are we going to do that? Are we going to obey? Are we going to worship? Mm-hmm. Are we going to uh, appreciate what he's done? And I think Exodus does a remarkable job for us today of showing us God hasn't changed. He still desires a people uh, that are willing to serve him and are, are willing to trust him uh, with, with who they are and, and what they do. Hmm. Amen. Very good. Well, listeners, that is it for the book of Exodus. Let me just remind you uh, that this coming Sunday, Tom will tackle Hebrews 7, 11 through 22. We'll see Christ's superiority to the priest, King Melchizedek, and his guarantee of a better covenant. We'd love to have you join us. We'd encourage you to join us at either our 9 o'clock or 1030 services as that keeps coming up. Also, I just want to highlight a couple of Faith Life Adult Ed classes that are going on this Sunday that we'd love to have to participate in. The first is Getting to the Heart of Parenting, led by Pastor Mike Hertzler. He's going to be talking about what parenting looks like from a biblical perspective, how we should approach that. That is in Room 1 during the 1030 hour. We also will continue our New Testament survey class in the Fellowship Hall during that 1030 hour, as uh, actually Chuck will be teaching on the next book in there as well as being on the podcast this week. It's going to be a busy week for him. Uh, But we'd love to have you join us for one of those two classes as those continue in the Fellowship Hall and in Room 1. And that's it for this week's episode. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen and to join us on the podcast. If it's been helpful, remember you can always share it, rate it, or comment on it to help other people find it. And we hope you join us again next week for Leviticus on Midweek in the Word. Thanks for taking time to join us for Midweek in the Word. To hear previous podcast episodes, be sure to follow, like, and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. To learn more about Faith Bible Church, please visit our website at www.faithbiblelincoln.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Faith Bible Lincoln or tweet us at FBC Lincoln. And now we leave you with these encouraging words from Hebrews 12. Let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith.